Hey everybody! Hey guys, how are you doing? This is Zach. This is Stuart. And this is the Backroy Super Show, again recording remotely. <laughs> yeah, this is probably going to be the norm for quite a while. Um, yeah, it's... from all the reports we've been reading, it's that it's going to be like that for a while, so... <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's crazy. Like, again, you know, we are going through this whole coronavirus thing. Um, it's... I guess the first pandemic that we've actually ever had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. super crazy. It's very unprecedented. So there's been a lot of unprecedented actions that need to be taken place. And we oh, yeah. are definitely doing our part in social distancing. Ah. Yeah, social distancing. Yeah, yeah. we've, um, you know, played played games online. Um and and we're recording remotely yeah uh, so to... if we sound a little different that's that's the reason why we are not in the same room yeah yeah we are a city apart so um yeah there, there are lots of businesses that maybe we mentioned last episode at the end um that have made their services free to promote people social distancing like zencaster which is yeah. what we're using and which is um fantastic um this is the second time that we're using it and it's it's been super easy and um yeah it's been really um user friendly oh yeah yeah um but uh yeah so i i guess this week we will talk about uh clue the film yeah or should have had a bodyguard should and that's b-o-d-d-y really when you see it written out the joke will make more sense yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, so... and uh stewart what are you wearing because i don't my uh my my camera is is kind of blurry and actually it's it's we don't have what, what are you wearing yeah we don't have a camera what are you wearing <laughs> <laughs> you keep on asking me like that like you're a creepy what color, you wearing like, baby what you wearing yeah <laughs> <laughs> nothing at, no. uh I, i'm wearing my uh my colonel mustard hat the uh safari hat with the, yeah yeah with uh, my, uh, I guess, mustard sort of um, safari uh, briefs. Those, like, pants that kind of stick out in the, like, I, I'm not sure exactly what they're called. I guess Jot, they're, jotpers, jotpers, I think? yeah, the ones jotpers, that kind of, like, yeah. stick out at the uh, hips. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't do it. I did not. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was actually uh, one of the movies that you picked. Yes. Um, so this is a movie that I have seen, I, I don't know how many times, because when I was in middle school and high school, uh, I feel like Comedy Central and TBS would just constantly play reruns of this at all hours yes. of the day. I believe I um, saw this movie first on TV. Because it, what, when did it come out in the theater? So it came out uh, December of 85. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a budget of 15 million do you want to take a guess at the box office um i guess maybe 20 uh no it made 14.6 million so it was actually a box office flop (laughs) yeah that's no good yeah Um, no it's it's really a shame um because they they tried something really really fun with this i think yeah i yeah I, I I thought that was really cool. Well, I'm sure you're going to talk about it, but like, so when I saw it on TV, they showed all of the multiple endings. 
Yes. So I did not know that they, like, I didn't know the, what happened when they released it in theaters until actually recently when I was. Yes. Yes. So, uh, I will cover that. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, let's, let me get through some history Mm -hmm. of it. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Jonathan Lynn, the director collaborated on the script with John Landis, um, who you may know as the Animal House director or the hmm. American Werewolf in London director, depending on which which uh, particular vein of, of uh, genre you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was produced by Deborah Hill, which she produced um, Halloween and then a bunch of John Carpenter films oh. as well. They were kind of produ- production partners for a while. Okay. Um, Carrie Fisher was supposed to be Miss Scarlet. Uh, oh. <laughs> but she had to withdraw for treatment for alcohol and drug abuse. Oh, okay. um, and then Wadsworth was supposed to be Rowan Atkinson, but the director thought that he wasn't well known enough at the time. So Tim Curry was cast. Yeah, um, Tim Curry. Rowan Atkinson is Mr. Bean, uh, for those of you that don't know. Yeah. So uh, that that would have been a very different movie. Yeah. I think, if they I had think had... Um, Tim Curry did fantastic. I can't imagine anyone other than Tim Curry. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, they so they shot this on a soundstage at, in the Paramount lot. Um, the ballroom and gate exteriors were shot at a mansion in Pasadena, California. Oh. Uh, let's see. Mansion was made to look larger with matte paintings uh, and then 18th and 19th century furnishings rented from private collections, including the Theodore Roosevelt estate. Um. The other bit of trivia that I found, let's see, was the Flames speech at the end by uh, Mrs. White mm-hmm. um, was 100% improvised by Madeline Kahn. Oh, so they had no idea what she was going yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. uh, but like like you said, there were multiple endings um, uh, for this. So the uh, during the release, all three of them were actually put out randomly to theaters. Yeah, um, which I did some, not know because yeah, in the TV version, they show all of the endings. They show like one ending, and they're like, "Is this how it happened?" And then they show the next ending, and yeah, it kind of like I thought that's how the whole movie was, um, I guess, shown in theaters until just recently when I uh, did research on this. Yeah, yeah, they, um, and, and, you know, some theaters would actually indicate which ending they had, uh, and they would indicate it by saying A, B, or C, not, mm-hmm. like, who killed who. Um, but then, like you said, home media and streaming will typically put them in all three. Yeah. I have the DVD, which actually has a roulette function, oh, so huh. it will play one randomly. Oh, nice. <laughs> Really but cool. the um those uh the the idea for the different endings was actually put forth by john landis uh and they kept it for the actual production hmm. um, because he was supposed to direct it uh and then he had to back out for some reason i think it was that he backed out because of the twilight zone disaster where um people died because of choices that he made oh, in okay. shooting schedule um so i think he kind of canceled himself for a little bit Mm-hmm. um but uh the endings uh basically they go in the order of, of like these are the the canonically recognized titles for the endings the a ending yeah is that yvette the maid killed the cook and body uh under miss scarlet's orders uh and then miss scarlet kills yvette mm-hmm. um wadsworth is an undercover fbi agent 
He fires a gun into the ceiling, thinking it's empty, shoots the chandelier, and narrowly misses Colonel Mustard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ending B. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mrs. Peacock kills all the victims to hide bribes she was taking, uh, escapes to her car, and then she's caught by the police chief. Uh, Wadsworth is still an FBI agent uh, planted to spy on her, specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the canonical ending is C, where everyone killed someone. Oh, um, that's the canonical one. Yeah, yeah, so that's the, the one that actually happened. Um, oh, I didn't so, know there so, was an actual canonical one. yeah because like in the in the the endings they say did it happen like this or did it happen like this but really it happened like this mm-hmm. um that's what i took to mean canonical oh, okay. um is that plum killed body uh thought it would end the blackmail peacock and mustard killed uh the cook and the motorist for informing to body white killed a vet uh scarlet killed the cop um and then green uh was accused of killing the telegram girl wadsworth says that green is the real mr body Hmm. uh and that body was his actual butler uh and that he brought the accomplice to the house to be killed by the guests um green pulls a gun actually kills mr body reveals he's an undercover fbi agent uh brings in police to arrest all others uh green who is supposedly uh, being blackmailed for being a homosexual says i'm going to go home and sleep with my wife and that's how the actual movie's supposed to end <laughs> oh weird yeah yeah uh, um yeah i remember that was always the last ending that was shown in the like tv um i guess version but yeah i never thought it was the i guess true ending of it well, so there was a fourth one filmed, and then they they um, the director cut it because he just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually used in the the tie-in novelization that they put out. Oh, uh, and huh. that ending is that Wadsworth killed everyone. Um, he was motivated by a desire for perfection and wanted to be the perfect murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, he reveals that he poisoned the champagne earlier, and they will all die soon. Police and FBI arrive, try to arrest him. He escapes, steals a cop car, and then three police dogs lunge uh, at him from the back seat, and the film was supposed to end. Um, They cut that from the movie, but then they used it as the ending for the novelization, which I find very strange. Yeah, did they? (laughs) Like, it seems like they took a whole lot. Yeah, they filmed it. Uh, The director just cut it. Um, Is it on the DVD? Like, as no, 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 no um but i you know i i feel like they they took great lengths to make this a movie that had a, a high level of rewatchability mm-hmm. because when you have four four different possible endings i mean three or official possible endings and then a fourth one mm-hmm. because they just have different endings and the rest of the movie is the same um you can very well watch and be like okay which way did it actually go like you were saying um and and kind of piece together as you watch it and you can come up with a different answer each time just like the board game i think that's a really unique idea yeah i mean Um, i thought it was just a unique idea sort of making this movie from the board game um oh yeah you know the board game when this game first came out there wasn't really much novelization of the game you really didn't know who like 
Miss Scarlet Woods or Miss White or Professor Plum. Um, you had like the portrait of the character and you could read into what the character looked like and sort of make some calls from there. But like, you know, Mr. Body, like I thought that was really clever. Because, like, <laughs> he doesn't really have a name in the game. It's just, yeah. Yeah. The victim. Yeah. The victim. And you know, the game, when you do play it, it does kind of have a little bit of a setup, but like, it doesn't really go into much detail of the story. So I thought it was cool sort of making a, um, a movie out of a board game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really like, um, because, because I can't really think of another adaptation that someone had made of a board game at this time. Like, I feel like this is the first one. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, you could argue Tron, um, was the first like game adaptation, but like Tron didn't exist as a game before that movie. Yeah. I mean, there was the light bikes, but that was kind of a game in Tron. That was a game. Yeah. So, you know, in Tron, they had those light bikes that, yeah, yeah, that was an actual game on the computer. Yeah. But you know, that was a small, small part of Tron. So, yeah, well, and, and I mean, they still don't adapt um, board games to movies very often either. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, the last episode we were talking about Catan, and like I said, I came across the casting information for a planned... E- I couldn't tell if it was for film or, or TV mm-hmm. um, of Settlers of Catan. So, I, I don't know. Can you think of any other board game adaptations really. in film? I mean... Gosh. Board games are license use licensed properties a lot, but but none of them are really yeah great. <laughs> like there's not a Monopoly movie or anything along those lines. I'm trying to think yeah of yeah huh? I guess if you guys can think of anything, you know definitely yeah right in definitely yeah. right in. Um, so yeah, when this movie came out, the uh, the critics just absolutely hated it. Um, mm. Siskel hmm. gave it. Uh, two and a half out of four stars. Roger Ebert gave it two out of four stars. Um, His, his original review was that despite a promising cast actors spend uh, their time looking frustrated as if they've been cut off right before they were going to say something interesting and that it had a paper thin script, Uh, which I don't, uh, I mean, I granted, I haven't read the script, but like the fact that they have four different endings yeah that they shot and they released three of them and the rest of the movie still supports all of those endings yeah and i mean i remember Um, there was a lot of like visual like sort of gags and stuff like there was a lot of like facial expressions and sort of like goofy body gags from you know when i rewatched this and you know i guess i could sort of see where they're kind of coming to about like people cutting off a lot of people because you know there was that main theme of like the lights would go down and then the lights would come up and you know it was when somebody was like giving a big speech or something like that and then you know a particular body gag or something like that yeah yeah but um but well i I mean mean, i wasn't entertained 
Yeah, I mean, well, the Rotten Tomatoes is fifty nine percent. So wow. I'm not, ah. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm in the majority of people that like it. At that in that case, um, yeah. But Siskel and Ebert, they say that the um, that A is the best ending and C is the worst because remember that Siskel and Ebert at the movies that show they weren't spoiling it, but they were saying like. If there's a theater playing the A ending, that's the one you want to go that's to, the one and then C is the worst. Yeah, I, I kind of like. I don't know if A is the best, but like, yeah, I do like think in their opinion, it's kind of bad. Like, I didn't think that was the canonical ending. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know. I I think that there's some humor there, but like the um, yeah, with with the A ending. That's the one where Yvette killed everyone because Miss Scarlet told her to, and then Miss Scarlet kills Yvette. Yeah. Like I don't understand why that one is the best, the best ending. One. Yeah. Um, from a from a critical standpoint, it. it... <laughs> I don't know. No. But I mean, um, yeah, I just remember from what I did watch, um, that C was just, I don't know. It just, it wasn't my favorite ending. Yeah, I definitely think that A or B was was uh, better than C. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, re- regardless of of which ones you like, I still think it's it's a very interesting um, approach to take with a board game that there are multiple endings. Um, yeah, I think that every time you play Clue, clever. it's different. Because like, yeah, no. What what other movie has done that where they have multiple endings? Yeah, and multiple endings that they actually show to the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not like the ending and then like the director's cut ending or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah like that. I can't really think of any other movies that, that do that. Like you would almost have to, like you could make an argument for something like Bandersnatch. Yeah. But that's more of a game. The the uh, Black Mirror Netflix game. Oh, oh yeah. Or yeah, movie. Yeah. Actually, uh, I've never, I haven't done that yet. I haven't either, but I don't know. There, there's a difference between what Clue is doing and what my understanding of what Bandersnatch, because Bandersnatch, I think, is actually a more game. of a, a game. Like, I would call it more of like an FMV game. Hmm. Um, but but yeah, no, I, I really, really like uh, Clue. I really hope this remake happens. Did you see oh, any of the information on the remake? remake? No. Yeah, so... Um, well, it's got a long timeline. It's probably going to go into turnaround and not get picked up, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but the uh, so in in 2011, um, Universal and Hasbro uh, actually hired Gore Verbinski to produce and direct, um, and then he, you know, the the project just fell through at the last minute, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gore Verbinski directed the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie oh Oh. okay the first one i don't know if you've directed any of the others but i know he directed the first one he also directed the american remake of the ring um oh huh so i mean he would i I feel like he would be a good choice that's pretty good yeah um and then 2016 uh worldwide mystery uh or a worldwide mystery was planned with action adventure elements uh setting up you know a franchise of possibility with international elements oh cool um which i i don't know about that like i don't know how you would make it a franchise um i think you could like do it again off of um 
a streaming service or something along those lines. And, yeah. you know, have different ways of having... Because I definitely think that they should keep, like, you know, the multiple endings. It would just be hard to sort of, like, film and stuff. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a... Um, if I had a Switch, I would definitely want to try it out. But there's a Switch version of Clue. Oh. And there's, like, three different variants of clue like there's three locations with with different characters uh i mean they're all the classic characters huh. but they're all done differently are you if that makes sense playing it against other people or are you playing like uh i don't know huh. i don't know i just know that there's there's like three variants in the game of like your non-standard clue um hmm. which i mean i guess that's technically what this is describing just in movie form because one of them is like clue but it's you know mystery on the orient express yeah um that type of thing uh and then let's see 2018 ryan reynolds uh is slated to star with writers from deadpool one and two oh writing i uh, i don't know I don't they're know. they're gonna make it very meta like I'm, I'm just as a prediction yeah it's gonna be slapsticky it's gonna be meta because um, the thing is you know in this movie it is kind of slapsticky there are like you know a lot of jokes a lot of again like physical humor and stuff like that but they don't go off the wall with it i think it's you know it's definitely balanced with in the story yeah. and there's a fine line where you can walk in between like making it just too ridiculous versus like making it too serious because like I don't think a serious clue would be good either. You know, oh, no, no. Like I, a, um... Yeah, I mean, that's that's the most boring outcome is that it's a a drama. Yeah, right? where it's like, <laughs> like you'd want to murder call. on the Oriental Express where, you know, it's something along those lines or, you know, it's it's interesting because it is, you know, it is a hard line to walk. Just because you do want to make it, you know, clever and funny, but again, you don't yeah. want it to be too. Well, yeah, like basically, I don't want, I don't want R-rated, like dick joke clue. Yeah, basically, would be my my yeah. fear with those writers. But um, you don't want like West Wing clue. But I don't want like West Wing clue either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because like. There's some um, ridiculous elements of Clue, like the lead pipe and stuff like that, or, you know, um, the candlestick, like... Oh, really yeah, yeah, they're, they're all, like, things that, I mean, you could kill someone with, but yeah. you, you probably wouldn't now. Yeah, like, a um, revolver's much, like, yeah, anyway, but, so there's yeah. that, like, funny, slapsticky sort of humor versus, you know, more serious type, and... I think the movie does walk that fine line where it doesn't get too up in its own, like, ass, but it definitely has, like, the humor appeal. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I was definitely laughing at particular parts of this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, this this movie is fantastic. Like, like I said, I've... It's... You know, this movie for me is almost like um, a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. The, the movie not like i'm not saying it's an actual christmas story but yeah. but the the movie christmas story in that 
like I've seen all of both of those movies, but because of how often Clue was played and just on in the background as I was growing up, um, just like with Christmas Story doing the like 24 hours of, of that movie. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, I had never seen it sequentially. Hmm. If that makes sense. Like yeah. I would have seen like the middle of it and then like the first five minutes of it and then the last of it. And like, so for the longest time, I couldn't tell you what order the events in this movie happened, <laughs> but it was still funny. It was still engaging and yeah. um, still a good time to watch. So <clears throat> it's, it's one of those feel good movies that I put on whenever I'm just like ho-hum or, or bummed out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think it's actually on streaming right now. Oh, um, nice. Which, on uh, Amazon, I think Amazon Prime. Okay. Um, or free with Prime. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and then in 2019, Jason Bateman was hired to direct. Which, I mean, I don't know. I I don't think I've seen any Jason Bateman films. Um, I just I know him yeah. as Arrested Development guy. Oh yeah, I didn't even know that was yeah awesome. Michael in uh, arrested development he's he's the... i've never seen arrested development really you've never seen arrested development nope huh yeah i think i just kind of passed that fad it's oh okay yeah um i mean it was on was it on the network uh yeah it was on fox for three seasons and then netflix picked it up for the last two okay yeah like i mean i know of the show i know of like some of the memes and stuff like that like his brother's a uh a magician a failed magician but like yeah i don't pretty really... spectacularly failed magician <laughs> yeah um but yeah i i don't know i guess it's just something that kind of uh flew past me gotcha there's like yeah strange like i guess social or not social but like i guess it's good i'm not sure i i mean have you seen it? I'm sure you've oh, seen yeah, it. Oh yeah, no, I I love it. It's um the the humor is cuz it has Michael Sedaris in it, right? Like a young Michael Sedaris? Not not Michael Sedaris. Um, oh, um, um no, I know Michael Sarah. Sarah, yeah. Michael Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Michael Sarah is in it. Um at this point I would say it's an ensemble cast. At the time it first came out, it was not. Uh but yeah, Michael Sarah is in it or Sarah is in it. Um uh the other names escape me portia de rossi's in it david cross yeah uh all, all of these people have gone on to do other other things yeah. much more popular things um the jokes in it are i don't know i would call them non sequitur at times and i wouldn't say surreal it, it it's it's very difficult to explain. Isn't, um, the... um, a lot of it involves uh, the editing of the actual scene that you're seeing so that like jokes that were set up earlier will be paid off later. Like okay. uh, one joke is set up in the middle of season one and it doesn't get paid off until um, the end of season three. Oh, okay. So like it, it rewards people for paying attention during the entire show, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um it's it's just you know, it's reliant on the formula in which it's edited because Netflix put it out um put out the fourth season. Yeah. 
And instead of shooting it like a traditional single camera sitcom, mm-hmm. they put, made it so that each episode followed one particular member of the family. Oh. And so by watching the entire season, you see where they intersect and what the other, what other ridiculous situations the people were in, yeah. what they were doing at that time that but explains why they were like there acting weird. An ensemble that's probably not the best because they don't get to play off of each other. Right. Well, I well, I mean, they interact with other people from the show. It's it's just they're the focus of the episode, whereas oh, okay. all of the other seasons are like a traditional single single camera sitcom where, you know, it's more of like a vignette where it's like this scene and then this scene and then this scene. Hmm. Um, so Netflix to support or promote, I guess, um, season five being put out they oh so it's they renewed for another season yeah so they just wrapped it up earlier last year um but they uh they re-edited season four in the style of the other seasons Mm -hmm. and the jokes work so much better so (laughs) that like that tells me that it's it's in the editing room where that show really shines yes um so it really does matter they've they've actually even removed where you have to like search for the original release of season four like it's it's buried underneath the trailers subheading on netflix <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. but i do recommend it um sorry yeah. that was a long-winded tangent but um, <laughs> but yeah do you have any final thoughts on clue because like i i feel like it's such an old property at this point that like people have either seen it or they haven't and hopefully yeah, I'll, I'll have to put like gigantic spoiler notes in the the show notes. Just yeah, because of but I mean, it's... going through the endings, but you can't talk about the reviews or what's unique about this movie without discussing the different endings. So yeah, no, I mean, know. I again enjoyed like rewatching it and everything like that. Um, I do think um, Tim out or Tim Curry, Tim Curry, yeah. Um, is probably the strongest character out of everybody, um, acting-wise. Um, I really enjoy his performance and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I also enjoyed, like, a lot of the humor and, and sort of, like, the physical humor, and it kind of reminded me, um, did you ever play this game called 13 Dead and Drive? Um, no, but I did see those, uh, those commercials all the time growing up and I really wanted to play it. Yeah. It it (laughs) reminded me along those like similar veins. I know that, you know, it's based off of Clue and everything, but it also had like, since the house had a lot of like trap doors and which, you know, stays true to the game since you can travel from one edge of the board all the way to the other edge of the board. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but the movie in itself, I thought was good. Um, I don't think it's like a movie to die for, but it's a a good, like, lazy Saturday afternoon sort of movie. Um, Question. So when you played, because I'm assuming you played Clue. Yes, multiple times. How did you um, play it? Did you play it where you had like walk through the house or did you play it where you just jumped from room to room? 
Uh, I've played it both ways, depending on who I'm playing it with. Uh, I feel like some people's house rules were that you could just jump from room to room. room. Yeah, I really do think that speeds up the game and everything. I kind of like it better that way, just because, you know, again, it can kind of get, like, tiresome just walking through the house because there's a lot of turns where people are just walking, and that's your entire turn, so yeah yeah well and i mean there's no if i remember right there's no like penalty for guessing incorrectly yeah but you have to be in the room where you're guessing but you have to be in the room where you're guessing yeah yeah so again like you could spend your entire turn just walking and that's kind of boring at least yeah yeah uh i i will say that i i played a game once of clue where my wife guessed the killer on the first turn and she's correct so we had to reset everything well she's a cheater just yeah well no well no because she didn't actually set it up yeah someone else actually set it up and so i I think she was just like either joking or or was explaining the rules to someone she was like yes miss scarlet with a knife in the conservatory or whatever and everyone started looking at their cards and like, I, yeah, I can't disprove that. I can't disprove that either. I can't disprove it either. And it just so happened that those three things were exactly the thing. So we just had to reset. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's those like unique situations, but again, that kind of just, I don't know, that makes it a little dull too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when people were clairvoyant. Yeah. Yeah, don't play with psychics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, so um I guess with that like I I definitely give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I, I would give it a recommendation. Um again, I don't think it's a uh a change your life sort of movie, but it's definitely an interesting movie to go and watch and just sort of watch for its uniqueness. Yeah. Okay. Well, um with that, uh, do you want to kick off our me, me, me for this episode? Yeah, sure. So I've been, um, again, with just having the immense amount of downtime, um, yeah. I've been uh, continuing playing um, Fire Emblem, The Three Houses, um, and I really enjoy it. Um, again, it's not everybody's cup of tea, Um it's interesting because like so fire emblem used to not be that popular here in the united states it was mainly a popular game in japan um just because there's some like resource management and then there's like um unit management and things along those lines and then it has like a romantic as like um aspect to it where you can um basically link your particular units and stuff like that in a romantic sort of way and the protagonists um you kind of like can pick the romantic aspect or the romantic path that you have for your main character and everything so um i don't think that's super appealing here in the united states but like it seems like this one the three houses did really well and I'm still really enjoying it. I love the aspect of like the turn-based, grid-based kind of RPG. Um, 
Yeah. It is long. Uh, I thought I would be done by now, um, but I'm not. And it's interesting because it really kind of like hints at you to like replay the game, but do it with a, another house. And <laughs> I feel like I'd probably be done after the first house. I don't, you know, I know. Oh, so you're not going to like complete it. I'm going to be what house I'm in right now. But yeah, I don't think I'm going to go back and gotcha. do other houses just because there are other games on my plate that I would like to play. Sure. And um, maybe if it was a little bit of a shorter game, um, I would go and replay it. But um, since it's so long, I think I'm just going to beat it. But I'm still enjoying myself. Um, I'm still, you know, enjoying going through the battles. They're throwing out new mechanics, even this late into the um, into the story, and it's a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I the um, tactical RPGs didn't really hit in America. I don't think the same way as Japan. Like the, yeah. I think Final Fantasy Tactics was the first one where then maybe Japanese publishers were like, "Oh, we actually there's a small market there for yeah. them." Yeah, I remember Shining Forces too was my um, and you know, I've oh, is that another that. tactical RPG? Yep, it's a tactical. Oh, RPG. okay. Gotcha. Um, and that was sort of like the introduction to role-playing games for me. So oh. I think that's why I'm more akin to the like grid-based type of games. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I read another depressing book that it absolutely should be read by people, but maybe not now. Um <laughs> by uh, Kate Moore called Radium Girls. Um, hmm. It Never is a book. Uh, well, so it's a, it's a nonfiction, uh, horrifyingly, um, about the, you know, Radium Girls, people that would, that would paint um, radium on, on dials for watches. It was really a kind of a popular fad um, hmm. around the turn of the century, 20s, 30s, 40s with radium. Um and then some of them started getting sick because yeah. to point their brush, they would have a brush that had been used to paint radium on something and they would wet the bristles in their mouth. Right. Yeah. Um, which the author, she makes a really good um, point that there weren't nearly as many fatalities in Europe where, mm. you know, they still had the same craze going on of using yeah. this material but their brushes were, um, I think she said glass. So there was no, like, there was no reason to put it in your mouth or ingest it or anything. Hmm. Um, and, you know, the, these women were lied to by the people that were paying them. Oh, yeah, no, 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 it's safe. It's safe. You can, um, you know, hey, look, let's turn the lights out and you can paint your face with it. And it glows. And it's just, it's radioactive material that you're smearing all over yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's very unfortunate and it's a very depressing read because it's, it, it's kind of shocking the links that the people who were paying them to do it went to, to make sure they were not aware of how unsafe they were being. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a good read. 
I mean, it's yeah, it's it sounds like a bummer, but it it's sounds, <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, no, it's very interesting. Yeah, um, I I do recommend it to people. Mm-hmm. Is it a fairly like long book or? Um, well, so it's a um, it's very well researched. So it's it looks like a much longer book than you're expecting because mm-hmm. when you pick it up, it you know it's it's like a four hundred some odd page book. But I would say maybe a quarter to a third of that is footnotes and references and and sources and stuff. Oh. So it, it is a very quick read. It, it moves along much quicker than you would expect, yeah. given how, how thick the, the book is. Nice. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I guess... For me, I've actually been, um, well, working on a bit of a, a game, um, an RPG. Uh, you know, I occasionally do, like, one-shots and everything along those lines. Um, and a lot of my uh, one-shots are kind of homebrewed systems, um, mainly because with these one-shots, I like... Um, making them simple and i feel mm-hmm. like kind of grabbing systems from other games or like D or something along those lines comes with a lot of baggage so we also have to teach a, so sometimes you have to teach people complex rules that you've picked up because you've been playing for games or playing games for so long yeah um so So, there's a there's a learning curve as well yeah so i do like these um so when i do my one shots i usually do like very simple homebrews i know you've played in uh quite a few oh yeah and usually it's like multiple like d6s or something along those lines so i know um as we're kind of in this, um, I guess, quarantine sort of um, social isolation phase, mm-hmm. um, I've just been kind of coming up with maybe a game that people might be interested in, and um, yeah, it's it's sort of like a a sci-fi game. Um, it's more of like a, um, and maybe it's probably because I've been reading a lot of like sci-fi skyward yeah Yeah. stuff like that (laughs) but it's more of like kind of like i was also looking at the rules for rogue trade which is a um an interesting rpg it's a um um, a warcraft not not warcraft uh warhammer sorry warhammer 40k um rpg which was kind of cool where you're kind of like a scavenger out in the um you know, out in the universe scavenging particular items for the emperor and stuff like that. Oh, I have heard of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so um, it's a game that um, I think is discontinued. It's it's a fairly older game. Yeah, they, uh, like, they lost the license to it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like that concept. So the game that, you know, I've been... And it hasn't, it's not like, it's in the early stages right now. Um, Would sort of be like a game where people, because I tried running a um, sort of a space 
station one shot sort of game with you zach and quite a lot of people It, it was like 12 people it was way too many people i should have definitely cut some numbers um <laughs> it went horribly it it was one of um it was very lethal uh because my, yes. my character i remember got killed i think maybe yeah. 30 minutes into the game yes if that which, which was and so the best yeah so to make space at the table when you died you just got up and walked out of the room and went to another part of the house so yeah i was just like oh man i came to play a game and i'm dead looks like i'm just eating potato chips and drinking soda yeah it was not the best it was not the best game um no it's a good memory though it's fun um but i wanted to revisit and try to um try my hand at that genre so i've been kind of coming up with like sort of a not like super far future but like you know organizations uh owning space uh stations around um the earth sort of like everybody would be like a part of a ship that went and scavenged things off of other ships and sort of having that like cowboy bebop feel to it where it's like not it's not like shiny future. It's more like dirty shiny. lived in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think, um, Warhammer 40 K kind of has that like dirty grim future. Sure. So I've been working on that. Um, you know, I'm going to hopefully have it, um, uh, polished in the next week or two and maybe try oh, to okay. do it. Yeah. Over, over, um, you know, over the internet or something like that, just to see if anybody would be interested or whatnot. So, so yeah. Oh, yeah, I would definitely love to. Nice, yeah. I um again, it's still in its infant stage. So oh, sure, sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely let you and um your wife know if you guys are interested in playing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah um well so uh i guess the rest of my stuff is just movies mm. um so i uh watched a i've got one the... more thing too oh okay yeah did but... you want to go ahead and do it or well i mean you can go we can go back okay more. gotcha gotcha so um the first one that, that i wanted to talk about was a uh it's, it's actually the first part of a trilogy of movies hmm. by uh, penelope spiris called uh, Decline of Western Civilization. They're a um, series of movies that focus on particular years of um, like different music scenes, basically. Mm-hmm. So this first one that I watched was uh, focused on the punk scene in L.A. in 79 and 80. Uh, the second one, which I mean, I've seen before, but I'm not going to talk about because I, I don't really like it very much yeah. is uh, it focuses on like the metal years so like it's mid 80s la lots of hair metal lots of those type of guys um yeah. and then the third one which i've never seen i think it's only ever been screened at like film festivals mm-hmm. uh focuses on crust punks oh. um huh. which i i really want to see it but like there's there's really no way for me to see it yeah that kind of <laughs> um, sucks when like things aren't 
super available to people. Yeah, I mean, I say that, but watch me um, sign off on this and then check YouTube, and yeah. it's been uploaded to YouTube. Like, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, the, so the first one, like I said, it focuses on the punk scene in L.A. in 79 and 80, so you've got music performances with, like, the Alice Bag Band, um, Fear, Black Flag, X, Germs, and the Circle Jerks, mm-hmm. um, and then interviews with them in their living situations, which... I mean, punks don't live in the best yeah. uh, housing arrangements to begin with, let alone in like 79 or 80 in L.A. Um, <laughs> like the, uh, the the Black Flag guys are living uh, in like a two bedroom apartment. Um, but there's like eight of them living there and like the singer like sleeps in like basically a pod in a closet where they've like kicked out the ceiling. (laughs) I don't know Um, how anyone could live like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really interesting documentary if, if you're sort of narrowly focused on, um, kind of the, the hardcore movement, uh, Mm -hmm. in the punk genre, um, because that's that's largely who who those bands are like x is not necessarily um hardcore but you know most of the other bands are um i do know from because i was i was curious where some of these performances were being recorded um for recording purposes I looked up online as I was watching it because I was like, that looks like way too big a space for this band to be playing. And yeah. sure enough, they the production actually rented out a soundstage and let the bands all play on it because some like the places that they were playing um, were either not large enough or not well lit enough for them to actually record. Huh. And so they brought in a crowd of, of fans to watch these performances. So you still get that live energy. Yeah. But like they were playing, you know, like basement shows for house parties and stuff where yeah. there's like 15 people because that's all that the room will hold with all the gear in there. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's just an interesting thing where you, you kind of get a, an insight into how some of these, these bands are living at the time, how they're getting by um, a couple of people who, or publishers of, of uh, there was a fanzine called triple X as a, it's a hardcore punk um, fanzine that went yeah. around. I think it stopped like in the mid nineties or so. Mm. Um, but yeah, my, my wife actually um, just a, a few weeks ago picked up a copy of, or found a copy of where it had been all collected together. And I haven't read it yet, but it's all of the issues of that fanzine bound together so on one page it's the original like typewriter mm-hmm. print like it's a scan of that and then because a lot of that is unintelligible like yeah. even in the archive that they have yeah. on the opposite page they have like typewritten where you can actually read it yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and see what it's saying it. there's there's footnotes there's photos and it's, it's a really really cool thing that i can't wait to to dig into dig but in. yeah like yeah. Nice. i um i listen to a lot of the music from that, that yeah, era. so I, it was an interesting documentary to yeah me. i don't know i guess i never got big into the whole punk scene and everything like that i think like the most punk scene i got into was the ramones they're punk yeah. right yeah yeah uh, yeah i would i would call them um pop punk 
pop punk, yeah. They 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 would be like the um the kind of the originators, I think, of that genre. Okay, yeah. Um, like, I mean, I really didn't get into much of the other like punk scene. Like, I can't even think of many punk bands that I know of. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, there's there's a whole lot of not great ones out there. <laughs> I, I bet there's um, a whole lot of great, you know, just bands out there. Yeah, yeah, they um, but, you know, but yeah, no, they're trying. Yeah, there's yeah, they, definitely they, they, some um some great ones out there too. Yeah, yeah, I um, I played a couple of shows when I was in high school with with kind of a, a, a local punk band back from from where i'm from in yeah. south carolina and man the um the guitar player would just like was not happy unless he was covered in like blood or yeah. like other people's bodily fluid like yeah. it, it was just it was a really gross thing and i was like you know what like the, the 10 life. bucks that i'm making doing this like i'm i'm not into this i don't want to yeah. be spit at um yeah that, that's not my jam <laughs> um but yeah no like i mean you know the guy had a really cool looking guitar because he uh he had stripped the uh the paint and varnish off of it Mm -hmm. so whenever he would play and he would like bust a blister or something on his hand like it would just get picked up and soaked in by this wood um it was kind of gross but kind of (laughs) cool yeah i guess (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you have to it, you have to kind of be into that look uh, <laughs> to find that that interesting. But um, but yeah, no, I, I recommend that documentary if you're interested in in uh, what different punk scenes are like and, and insights into how some of these people make their music and make their livings. Nice. Uh, yeah. What, what was your? So your, the last uh, thing I got thing? was um. So they came out with a new character for Slay the Spire, which is a game that I've really enjoyed um it's a digital like deck building game where you can yeah um, yeah where i've got like about 150 hours but the nice thing is you have 150 hours in that game yeah oh wow yeah um and the thing uh, and i've said it probably multiple times is you know a lot of people can mod that game so a lot of people have come up with like their own characters and their own cards and stuff like that, which gave gave it a lot of um, replayability. Well, um, I think the devs saw a lot of these like interesting mods, and they're like, oh, well, we have three characters, but we can go ahead and make a fourth character. So they released the fourth character, the Seer, and I've just been playing a lot of that particular character. And it's really good. They've introduced a lot of new mechanics. Um, they've definitely kept it fresh. And, um, you know, the runs are a lot of fun. Um, and this character definitely feels unique. And, you know, it's nice because it's the devs who created this character. So it's got a lot of polish. Like, you know, when people make mods for particular games, they do really good. Um, but you you can definitely tell, like, oh, you know, the character's not animated or particular cards aren't, like, animated. There's no particular flair for this. But uh, when the mods create... Or not mods, but when the devs created uh, this new character, they they definitely put in a lot of uh, care and effort into uh, this particular character. 
and you can definitely tell through that. And it's been a lot of fun just kind of revisiting it um, because I put it down after I had played it for quite a while since I kind of went through everything. So it's nice to pick it back up, remember why I loved the game so much, and uh, play with a couple of new cards and um, a new experience. Cool, cool. So did they design any more, like, like, are they, because not having played it before, are there cards that are specific to each character? Yeah, so each or... character is like its own different class, and they have their own unique cards. So right. since they created like a new class, they created uh, quite a few new cards that okay. have different um, abilities and synergies with the um, the deck. So Gotcha. So it's kind of like a little expansion to it yeah a free like if this were a board game like oh it's a free yeah so there wasn't there wasn't any additional charge for the new character um they basically just dropped the character and said here you guys go (laughs) oh that's really cool i i love it when devs do things like that yeah i mean it's sort of the same with like shovel knight shovel knight's been just like dropping so much extra like dlc that they haven't been charging like Yacht Club did a fantastic job with uh, Shovel Knight. I really enjoyed hmm. it. Like, so are would would you say that they they may be doing that because they're it's stuff that they're not working on for Shovel Knight two? Because I thought I saw where that was announced. Yeah. So, um, you know, the DLCs that they've been dropping have been in the same engine. Um, you know, gotcha. they used a lot of, the, like, the same assets and everything like that. Uh, right. With Shovel Knight 2, I believe it's going to be in a new engine. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit more complex when they are creating it. Right. But I think, you know, they just saw, like, how well the community accepted this game and everything. And they just wanted to give back to the community. And, you know, I don't know game design like well i don't know like digital game design like what it actually takes to you know create certain things but right you know they re it seems like they reused a lot of assets from the original shovel knight so i think it would be a little bit easier but again not 100 percent sure gotcha Hmm? okay Well, cool. I um. Well, so yeah, I'll just go through the boy through the uh, movies that I've I've been uh, watching. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't know if you've seen Venom. Yes, the movie that came out a couple I years have ago. Seen Venom. I, I really liked it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I give it crap, but like it's a decent movie. It's not like the yeah. best movie. Yeah, I mean it. You know, it's not like a like a Marvel movie or anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know it's a Marvel movie, but it's not... You know what I'm saying. Yeah, Marvel Studios I think, movie. I think they did well with the IP that they had. Like, you know, they didn't mention Spider-Man <clears throat> because Spider-Man's not their property, but, like, it's still... I enjoyed the banner between uh, Venom and... Um, what was the character? Eddie. Eddie. Eddie yeah. Brock. Yeah, he... Um, One of the things that I really like it, because it's basically a parasite that's mm-hmm. making him sick... 
Um, they have him not looking attractive in any of this movie. Yeah. Like he looks like a sweaty drug addict for yeah. most of this movie because he's got this thing that's just leeching off of his life energy. I, I like that. I, I, uh, I, I thought that was a really cool uh, costuming and character choice. That they yeah, made for that. I think, um, I mean, the CG is hard to watch, but... Yeah, it's not great, but like... I, I don't know. Lots of movies have bad special effects, but that doesn't make them bad movies. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm glad that we're on the same page because a lot of people give it shit. Yeah, like, which I feel like is undeserved. Like, yeah. you know, just... I mean, it's not they, great. It's not, yeah, you know... If but it was like, fun. You had fun. fun watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's... I, I definitely had fun watching it. I really hope they make a sequel. I kind I, of... They are making a sequel. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Well, you know, the um the thing that Sony's been doing because their agreement with Marvel is that they can't like make live action Spider Man movies. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that Marvel let them get away with doing Venom, but they did also place Venom on the opposite side of the, the country. Yeah. And they don't in mention San Francisco. anything about like Spider Man. And like yeah. you know, Venom doesn't have that like spider-man silhouette in the middle of his chest yeah he's he's just just like a black big gray blob Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um but they're they're doing this like uh villains thing where i think the next one coming out is jared leto is is morbius Hmm. and i don't know like i mean i so one that's a really strange pull (laughs) um but two i don't know how you make how you go about making an enjoyable movie about a monstrous anti-hero so yeah. i'm i'm curious to see what it looks like when yeah. it comes out um but i mean if it's the same production team that that worked on venom um it'll be okay this should it should be pretty fun at least yeah <laughs> um, uh so i also watched uh so my my parents a while back i uh, got them a copy of once upon a time in in hollywood yeah um because they they saw it in theaters and it was one of the few movies that they like when they were leaving the theater actually called me and my wife back and were like you need to see this movie (laughs) um i highly recommend like it's it is a tarantino film and there's there's but it only gets tarantino at the very end yeah i which i don't want to Spoil, no. but I will say that it's it's um it's it's not as Tarantino as it could have been yes. to its credit. Yeah. Uh because I feel like he has a tendency to kind of go off the rails. Yeah. Um I, I used to like him as a director, but he like he found this this like rut and he just kind of stayed in it, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, I think this one definitely um, moves away from his normal, like, you know, um, pattern. I think yeah. this one's uh, a lot more, I w- don't want to say complex, but, like, there's a lot more to think about. Yeah, yeah, there, there's a lot more to think about. There's, I've seen arguments on both sides of people saying that there, there are some things that, like, should be cut and it's because the scene goes on too long and this that and and it's like i I don't know though like acting scenes like yeah i really like those are a lot of 
you know, emotions that actors go through. Yeah, like the I I feel a lot of the the stuff that people are saying that that could like be cut were more like the driving scenes, and it's like no, but like that's that's what creates the tension at the end. Like, there's a reason it is that long. Yeah, I understand the hesitancy in someone not wanting to watch a three hour movie. Yeah, but, um, I, I I do recommend this one. I I really yeah. really like it. I really enjoyed um, it too. Would you want to maybe put this as a future episode? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just start that as an option. <laughs> um, and then two more. So I have uh, Elvis and Nixon, which I is a... So it's on um, Amazon. It's an Amazon Studios movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It depicts the lead up. Now, I will say just as... As a warning, if you're not a fan of Kevin Spacey, um, Kevin Spacey does play Richard Nixon. So, um, yeah. But that being said, uh, he does seem to portray Nixon very well. Like they they don't have him in makeup that I, as far as I could tell. So he doesn't really look like Richard Nixon, but he mm-hmm. sounds like him. Um. But uh, it yeah, it's it's a depiction of the you know the famous photo of of Elvis and Nixon shaking hands uh, in uh-huh. the, the Oval Office, hmm. and it's from from all I can tell, like there's some condensed biographical stuff that like you know several characters were merged into one for the purposes of making it a movie and things like that. Um, but from what I've been able to see, it's actually fairly accurate as to the events that went on. Because, you know, Nixon at the time was was not very popular. And then there was this guy who represented everything that Nixon was kind of against. Because yeah. he's this mega rich rock star, right? And I feel like Michael Shannon does a very good job of portraying how out of it Elvis would have been. Because yeah. at this point, he would have been over 25 years of just you know, godlike levels of wealth and fame, and he doesn't really exist in the same reality as regular people. <laughs> yeah, and it's when he was kind of like doing drugs and sort of becoming overweight and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I mean, at this point, this would have been early 70s, so he wasn't quite as out of shape as he did get. But, oh, okay. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he still had, you know, a pill problem. Just, yeah. You know, if a doctor prescribed it, it's not drugs, right? But yeah, like his his whole reason for going there is that he he was Elvis was worried about the counterculture, right? Quote unquote, mm-hmm. at the time. And again, this shows how out of it he is. His whole reason for contacting the Nixon administration is that he wanted to be a federal agent at large, which you know they go between the different agencies and they're like we don't know what that means like (laughs) that's not a thing that anyone has what is he talking about and like his idea was that he would like get in with the kids and like find out who was being traitorous or whatever um and i mean they i i want to say that they actually gave him a dea badge because Yeah. Nixon started the DEA, but but he um they, they ended up giving him a DEA badge. Um and like his his whole like pitch to them was like, you don't even have to give me a gun, I got plenty. 
Jeez. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't know how well you're selling this, man. Like <laughs> you sound like you just want a reason to shoot someone. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I, I mean it's a funny movie. Like it it is a um like I've seen it pitched as a drama or or written up as as a drama, but it's apparent to me at least that it's intended as a comedy. But yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and then the last one uh, is a full-blown comedy called The World's End. Uh, have you seen oh, this one? Yeah, isn't it part of the trilogy? The um... yeah, the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, the, um, it started it's the with the last one, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the same cast and crew as um, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Um, I I don't remember seeing this movie advertised. Like, I think maybe I could dig back in the back, back in my head and go, okay, yeah, there was a trailer that played in front of one movie before it came out that I saw, but you know, mm-hmm. so I'm watching the movie and hopefully you can back me up on this since it sounds like you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie starts out one way and then about, 45 minutes to 50 minutes in yeah, it it's a hard something turn. completely yeah. different <laughs> and you're just like what yeah well like i knew it was an edgar wright movie and i knew it was part of the cornetto trilogy but those first 45 to 50 minutes i was watching it i was like yeah i mean this is a really sad looking guy and mm-hmm. and like they're making jokes about what a pathetic person he is but like this isn't this doesn't seem like an Edgar Wright movie. And then minute fifty one happens, and it's like, oh, okay, this is an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is. <laughs> I see what he he's doing there. <laughs> so I do recommend that. Um, it it takes a weird turn. It's not like a scary like horror movie. Like I've I've seen it written up or about or heard really reviews on podcasts of people saying it's a horror movie it's not a horror movie yeah it's 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 an edgar wright movie so it's a comedy there there might be some scary elements to it but it's ultimately a comedy yeah Um, like i i mean you know i'm not the biggest fan of um horror movies but like i wouldn't really classify this as a horror movie it's you know no like it's comedy than anything yeah i would call it like a sci-fi comedy type thing yeah yeah um but yeah so that's me um so Mm -hmm. uh book club book club is uh little prince yep um so we'll be talking about that i think that'll be the next episode right okay yeah yeah i think Um, so and uh send us an email through either you can contact us through facebook or through gmail it's backracesupershow at gmail.com um all this will be in the show notes yeah um our Um, patreon yep uh will also be in the show notes and uh yeah i think the next episode that we'll be discussing the, the the next main show episode will be uh quiet place yeah yeah which is um I think it's on um Netflix. it's on Prime right now. Prime, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember it's on one of the streaming services. Um the second one should be coming out um in a couple of months, I believe. Yeah, which I mean with with what some of these studios are doing, um and putting out releases early to VOD. Yeah. Um I mean we may be able to watch it and cover it, but 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, but no, yeah, we'll, we'll just be talking about the first one. Yes. <laughs> and again, you know, um, just to let you guys know, uh, the two uh, conventions we were going to were unfortunately canceled due to the epidemic that is right. uh, happening at the moment. Right. Yeah. Which is super sad. I was looking forward to going to both of those. Um, I actually have, I was going to cosplay uh, uh, both of those. Oh, you were? Yeah, yeah. I had some things ordered and I, I have um, a costume already ready to go, but I guess I'll just have to wait till next uh, convention we go to. Yeah. Did you did you buy tickets? Pardon? Did you buy tickets to Atlanticon? Uh, no, I was planning on just grabbing tickets when we were there. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah one of the things that both of the uh, conventions did uh, was say that you know anyone who had purchased a registration, like it's just they're applying it to next year. Yeah, which is super <laughs> um, nice. Which is yeah, really great. Um, and it seems like most of the conventions are being very accommodating with like refunds and everything like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, the, a, a lot of that I think has to do with the hotels that they're booked into as well. Because, you know, without a room block, they're not able to secure their 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 event space. So, you know, thankfully the hotels are are working with them, especially for these smaller conventions that that might have less leverage uh, yeah. on a on a hotel. Um, but but. Thankfully, it sounds like everything is working out okay because everyone understands that, hey, this is a, you know, once in a century type thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's lots of lots of changes to be made. So, um, yeah, with that, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Um, yeah. Stay golden. And again, uh, be healthy, stay happy, and uh, help out your fellow human being. Yeah. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.